Okay, thank you. So I was uh, teaching um, last week uh, in Belgium, and uh, the woman and friend now uh, who invited me, she was uh, organizing the retreat, and she was also sitting the retreat, and so listening to the instructions and the teachings. And uh, we were having conversation at mealtime because she was not completely in the silent retreat. She was working, so we would share a, a meal a day together. And she was saying, oh, it's very interesting your teaching. You're putting a big emphasis, at least this time on this retreat, on uh, balance, equilibrium. And it's true, I was bringing this a lot back. Like, how can this, what is, whatever is here, can, how can it be known... Uh, with a balanced mind, you know, it might be pleasant. Can it be okay that it's pleasant? It might be unpleasant in the body or in the heart or in the mind somewhere. Can it be okay that it's unpleasant? Or are you like, oh my God, I have to fix this or I have to stop this emotion? Can that be known? Whatever it is, like it might be a little dullness or a little, little um, I was speaking a lot in French in the last month, so I <laughs> have to let the word. Uh, a little um, boredom, for example, you know, and would boredom could easily bring unbalance, uh, this disbalance, disequilibrium, disequilibrium, or something like this, you know. <gasps> oh my God, it's bore, boring here. What am I doing here? I should be doing something else, you know, and and you know, freak out just because there's a wave of boredom, <laughs> you know. Or, you know, one idea could lead to a lot of ideas, and suddenly I would be caught into, I have to really figure this out. And, and so how can you be here in a balanced way with maybe it's uh, where we were was that the place hasn't been uh, hadn't been eat, heated for uh, like I don't know how long for a long time so when we came they put the heat on maybe 12 hours before we came but it was like a manor with big rock and so it took a few days for it to get uh, warm you know and I was saying, so can you be here with this situation? You know, like it's cold. You know, can can you be here in bad? Or does it lead to opinions and fear? And you know, and and uh, and so the whole week I kept repeating, like, how can this be okay that it's gray again outside? Or <laughs> can it be okay that suddenly it's too warm because we put in the fire in the meditation hall and now we're like sweating? <laughs> can that be met with balance or the do we lose balance because of something unpleasant or not what we wanted or a little longer than we wanted? The sit, the ring doesn't bell, the bell doesn't ring, you know, or it rings too early because I was in bliss, <laughs> you know. Can we be in, in, in balance with the mind that is open and wide and joyful and then suddenly somebody sneezes or moves and the concentration, which was fragile, crumbles, you know. Can I be in balance with losing something good, you know? And I go in the, uh, to get the meal, and, you know, the, the line is longer than I wish it would be. Or the taste is really good, or not as good as I expected, <laughs> or something. And does it have to lead to, I don't know, despair, irritation? Can I stay alive, awake? And free, in a way, that's a, a way to experience freedom. And uh, not blame myself if I fall, but 
remember that this is what I'm practicing, that might be an angle of the practice saying like, oh, I'm interested, can I be in balance in the middle of this? The subway here and arriving, or me going in the wrong direction, <laughs> or whatever, you know. <laughs> can, that, can that be part of the experience? Can that be allowed? In? So she was saying, ah, oh, you put a lot of emphasis on, on balance, I want to talk to you about more about it, I want to pick your brain about it. And, and so by saying this, when I was going back to my room, I was thinking, oh yeah, it's true that I do talk a lot about bala- balance, what do I mean? Because I talk about it intuitively and spontaneously, but really, what do you mean, Pascal? You know, And, uh, and I, I asked myself the question, what is it for you, Pascal, to be out of balance? And so I took a few days to actually check what it was. And uh, I don't know how to say it. In the end, I thought my, the bar is pretty high, or my, yeah, like I'm, I'm out of balance for me is, is basically if I'm, let gone in thinking without knowing that I'm thinking, you know, like get these little infatuation that w- that we have. I think I'm not alone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when I'm sitting here, suddenly I'm not here anymore. I'm over there, you know, in that place that is mind fabricated. <coughs> then I thought, I, I was thinking, oh, this I would say is out of balance. This is losing, I've lost balance when I'm not aware of what's happening anymore and I'm gone into a train of thought. This is off balance. And I thought, wow, so off balance is very easy in a way, you know. And so that was one of the, the definition that I had inside of me is, is like, oh yeah, if, as soon as I'm seduced by something and I'm gone, even for a few seconds, even if I don't know actually where, because sometimes I go towards, you know, something that is unresolved and I'm trying to fix, you know, planning the future or figuring out what happened earlier in the conversation or inside of me <coughs> in the situation. Um, or it might be something very vague, you know. And now, so, so not, not just now, but it, it's becoming more clear. It's like, oh yeah, of course. Sometimes I will have to go back in things that happened in the past, you know, and revisit. What did I mean when I say that? What, the, what did the other mean when they did or said that? You know, I'm, I'm going to be... Um, What's the word? Le, it, it's not triggered, but uh, anyway, things will happen that I don't understand. I will experience confusion probably every day <laughs> in some form. Like, why did they do this like that? <laughs> like, even institutions, or you know, yesterday somebody was coming to an, another class that I, I teach in the, on the plateau, and over there they ask us to. Uh, remove our boots and put them in a plastic bag and bring them in the room that is at the back of the studio so the plastic bag is not for things to drip. People come, often they're used to, they come, they grab the bag, put the boots, they walk at the back and they come back. And there was one person who was coming for the first time, it was really clear to her. They were given a bag and they were like very confused. They, they were looking at the bag, so they put their hat in, and the person was like, no, it's not for your hat, it's for your shoes. And they're like, oh, why? Because <laughs> there's whole racks of shoes there. It's like, why don't I? No, no, because there's like a hundred of you guys, and there's not enough racks, and you know, you have to go in the back. And then, so she, she decided she would sit on the stairs, and the woman said, no, 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 don't. This is dry. This is for people who have removed their <laughs> shoes. And they were like, every second... 
that she was doing a move, she was told it was the wrong move, you know, and 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 and, uh, and I was just behind her, waiting for my bag to, to do my things, really in a, almost in a thematic fashion, you know, like I know the drill, you know, and it made me smile because she was like like a child, suddenly this adult is like a child, it's like, no, 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 it's not for your hat. <laughs> and so she was confused. And uh, and I tried to help by making a little joke, you know, like saying, yeah, we, we did training, it's 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 a strange culture. <laughs> suddenly, like you're in another culture, <laughs> you don't know what you, what do you do with your shoes in that culture? So probably after, she probably sat and was like, what was that? You know, <laughs> like, why was I so... Uh, imp- I don't know what's the word, but incapable of uh, doing something that looked basic. You know? So I'm going to have to to review what happened a lot and plan with. But I want to do it with mindfulness. I want to do it with equilibrium. What does it mean for me? It means I know I'm sitting here right now. I know I'm disturbed by something. And, and I'm see- can that be okay? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Disturbances and being... Uh, I still don't remember the word in English, but um, start startled, no? Something like this, no? Isn't that the word? Startled? 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 Like, yeah, kind of surprise, you know? That's going to happen regularly, you know? So, okay, so that's how, yeah, can that be okay? Because often I'll, I'll think spontaneously, it's not okay, I shouldn't, it shouldn't. No, of course, can that be okay? And now let's see, so what did the person say? Can I feel the body sitting here? Can I be aware of the breathing? Or do I go, can I get lost in the story? Do I get lost or am I doing it from here, from being centered, from being in balance? Oh, this happened. Oh, yeah, the heart is contracted or it's, or there's, you know, it feels like this. Can I do this from here? And from here, as I was saying in the meditation, you might have heard, for me, when I'm awake, when I'm here, this is the place of care. When I'm gone, caught, gone, usually it's not a place of care. It's a place of fear. It's a place of delusion. It's a place of running, like the hamster. We're not in the in the thing physically running. I think it's clever to actually run like a hamster <laughs> to to keep him healthy. We run in the mind, you know, the the the, the myth, the Sisyph, you know, like Sisyphus. Is that his? That's that's an inside thing, you know. You roll the thing, it comes down, you repeat the story, it comes down, <laughs> you repeat the story. I said that, they said that, why did they say that? Hmm? I said that, they said that, why did they? You know. And so with mindfulness for me, is I'm centered, I'm aware of the presently or arisen state of the mind, disturbed, startled, puzzled, confused, uh, triggered. You know. Okay, this is how we are, can that be okay? That it happens in life. Can I be really aware of this? and move into the reflection, contemplation I'm going to do with care, with awareness of the present. Oh, I'm here in this room, and earlier I was in the subway, and the ticket was not going through (laughs) when I was putting it in. Okay, oh, that was frustrating. But now I'm here. It's disappeared. That situation is gone. Am I realizing this? Am I awake to that? Oh, it's gone. Because if I'm a little caught in my thought, I won't notice it's gone. I'll be, why? Why do they do that? Where? Hold on. The situation has disappeared. It's non-existent. Echoes are here. Oh, yeah. The situation is not existing, Pascal. Okay. So I'm actually free from, from the experience. It's gone. 
Okay, and now there are echoes. There's something alive here. Yeah, can I take care of that? And then can I be aware as I'm taking care of this of the breath? You know, and for me in that field there is care, there is intelligence, wisdom is possible there, compassion, a broader understanding what was happening for the other one. Maybe I'll remember this to care about that. Oh, I wonder what was the other person's experience. Oh. And creativity, creative ideas. Oh, maybe I could call later. Now it's not the right time. Maybe later I could check in. Maybe instead of starting with, you did that to me, maybe I could start with a question. How was that for you? You know? And do you see? So for me, from present moment, things open up. They, so balance is there. And so that's partly why I practice. So I can learn to be here, be awake to life. Because when I'm um, not mindful, I might easily get caught into things I have to be done. There's a list of things to do and they have to be done. And this becomes like a tunnel vision. And I forget that I'm an alive being, and that others are also alive and not just obstacles, <laughs> maybe to me gaining what I want to gain. You know? And so that's why I sit, I think, every day to, to nurture, to nurture balance, to discover the taste of balance. Balance in many different mind states and body states. Sometimes I'm sick, sometimes I'm feeling particularly light or joyful or, you know. And in these different states, can I be awake and balanced? So, uh, maybe a few stories from uh, loss of balance. Let's, let's try it like this. Uh, during the last few weeks of um, uh, stories from people describing their practice and their discoveries, uh, I, I particularly sh- I cherish these stories. They, they, I mean, while I'm, they're being told, t- uh, shared, and I'm listening to them, I'm touched. And also I can feel I carry them. They inspire me for practice. So when I come back from teaching, sometimes I like to bring these stories back because I think we can relate to the humanity in them. And so a few stories. There was a young uh, woman at one of the retreats. And so the instructions on the retreats are very simple. Sitting, know you're sitting. Be aware of hearing while hearing is happening. Be aware of breathing while breathing is happening. Be aware that the mind goes somewhere and it goes somewhere, you know. And just be aware of the different movements of the heart, expensive, caught, tight, heavy, broken, you know. Just can you be there like this while you move? Because in the meditation retreat we sit and then we walk. While you walk, can you actually feel the stepping, the stepping? That simple. Can you be aware of... uh, field of hearing, maybe birds are singing, or maybe there's the mutedness of the, after the snowfall, or there's something alive, can you be aware of what's alive as you're walking, maybe there's light, there's a particular light, light, like in the room now, or if I turn there, it's very different, can I be awake in present time to that, so very simple instructions in a way, it's very sensory awareness, basically. So, after a few days, this uh, young uh, woman comes to the little group meeting and she says, so I tried to do 
what you say, you know, with you know, it comes and goes and get caught and things, but I'm I'm really trying to be there as I eat the food, as I shower, as I so one thing that I keep noticing that became really interesting for me, just by doing the sensory awareness, stepping, stepping, breathing, just being there. So I'm sharing a room with uh, two other women. And suddenly I was in the, in the room. I went to bed, to, in the bed, to lay down. And I had the feeling that if I wasn't there, it would be much easier for them. Like two in that room would be a good number, you know, so... Like I felt like I was the one that was the one too many person, you know. And then later I noticed that after the meditation I went to the bathroom. There's like thirty something people and maybe two bathrooms by the hall. And as I was in the bathroom, suddenly I was not just sitting and peeing or doing what I was doing. I felt I was at the wrong place, that I shouldn't be there. I should have left other people to go, you know. And at another time, I'm walking, and I found this place in the sun, you know, and the building is uh, has this shadow on the place where most people can walk, where it's flat. And I'm walking in the sun, and I the feeling, I should not have taken this place, you know. And then I'm in the line for food, I'm waiting, and I thought, oh, I should have let other go, you know, like, I'm... And then I'm uh, in the meditation hall, I'm swallowing, and suddenly I feel like I shouldn't swallow, you know, like, it's, I'm disturbing people. And she said, so at some point I go take my shower. Again, I feel like I'm, I'm using the time, the shower time that somebody else could have enjoyed you know, or need, needed. And she said, by just being aware, like you're suggesting to be aware of sitting, walking, breathing, tasting, I notice that like I constructed a self, a belief in a kind of a self that is, shouldn't be there. And this is what I'm carrying a lot around. It's really strange that it's in the bathroom, in the shower, in the bedroom, in the l- line for the food, in the meditation hall, in the f- while I'm eating, you know. And I just noticed this, and because I was aware, I became really aware of it as it arises here and there, this latent tendency that will latch on any opportunities to prove itself right, you know, like, et voila, you, you're one too many here, you don't, you, know, you don't fit, you don't belong, or you shouldn't be, or you don't have a right to be there fully. You know? She said, this thing kept coming up, and because I was aware of it, instead of uh, uh, kind of uh, under the spell, believing it, buying into it, because I was awake to it, here, how it showed up, it touched me. And so there's an experience of compassion, of care. Oh my God so strange that somebody would the conditions maybe somebody wouldn't be that do that by themselves but you know the culture the society the family the understanding would lead to a feeling that I don't belong you know I don't I'm taking too much space by taking a shower laying down standing up sitting <laughs> you know and so she said there was this and there's a, there was also like some kind of humor about it so instead of being under the spell of this, she said, I became aware that when it arose, it made me smile, like, oh my God, I can. That's such confused delusion, deluded. If I was not aware, I would be off balance and believing in this. And then I became aware of it, that it arose there, and then I, 
almost excited about it, like waiting, where will it arise next? <laughs> you know, so not so much under the spell of it, and uh, un- under the, yeah, captured by it and believing in it, but starting to question it. And she said, one day, I went in the in the f- in the kitchen after the the morning meal. We go in the kitchen. They asked for a few volunteers to come and help chop the vegetables for the lunch. You know, so she said, I went in there, and I had done the practice, and it had been a few days, and my mind was really quiet. And I came in, I started chopping the carrots, and I was not the one that was taking too much time or was this or that. I was just one of the carrot cutters, vegetable cutters. You know. And and when she said that, there's even emotion, you know, like some kind of gratitude or something, you know, there was like, I was just one of the people who were there, not special, but also not, not belonging. And she said, then I actually left and I kept really aware of this. And I went to do something, serve tea or something. And then I was one of the person having tea in the room where we were. And it was so liberating to be just one of everybody. Nothing special, but also nothing um, unworthy or, you know, hate, hate, shameful or, you know. And, I, and she said, I'm really happy I came to this retreat because I'm not going to be uh, duped by that. It's probably going to arise again. But I'll be able to notice this and say, as the Buddha says in the text, you know, I see you, Mara. You're trying to trick me into believing something that is not real, not true, not helpful for me or for others. And so that's what we call liberating, liberating, because I don't have to follow that anymore. I don't have to buy into that. And it's liberating for others too, because when you're with somebody, it's like, oh my God, I'm taking to, no, you're fine, it's fine, it's fine. Like it's a lot of work to keep welcoming somebody who's like, keep emphasizing how they don't belong and shouldn't be there and this and that. You know? So that's one uh, little story that I, I thought was, uh, was good. There were several stories. I was wondering if this one was not uh, gender-based. I, that's, I'm sharing my thoughts. I was like, hmm, interesting. I wonder if gender is not one of the conditions for that to arise like that. Because in another situation, maybe a couple of other situations, where I saw uh, there was one, uh, one person who came, it was one man, who uh, came in the little group and said, after maybe three days of retreats, like the two first days were so difficult as they often are, you know, the mind, like to find your place in the retreat and the culture of the retreat and slow down and refine the attention so it's not like caught in stories but can actually attend to little sound, little temperature, little quietness, you know, like the mind, for the mind to meet this, it takes a little work, you know, to, to get a little bit more sensitive in this way. And so he was saying, uh, yeah, first two days were really like a lot of thoughts and resent, old resentment and this and that and that and that. But this morning, you know, like it became really quiet as it does sometimes when you actually pay attention, pay attention. Sometimes, whoops, suddenly everything clears for some moments. Could be for a few minutes or longer. But suddenly it becomes just quiet. The mind, the doors are closed to 
all kinds of ways that we get agitated and caught in past and future. And we're just, suddenly we're here because it's been instructed, we've tried it, we've tried it, and suddenly it just opens up. And so he said, so there was just this presence. It was very quiet, very attentive, very alive, very beautiful description. And then he said, and now I know it's going to be like this until the end. That's it. There's two more days of retreat. This is how it's going to be. And I said, oh, could that be a thought? Or is that a description of reality? Is that reality or it's a thought? You know? And he said, no, no, it's reality. This is how it's going to be. <coughs> and I, I thought, okay, I kind of poked a little bit. <laughs> but it seems like the system needs that. And this is a belief. And I'm... Yeah, thank you for your suggestions, Pascal, but I'm keeping that system in place, you know. And my thought, again, was like, oh, I wonder if that's not gender-based, you know. Like, it's a man, like alpha male, in control, you know, chef de famille, chef d'entreprise, chef de la meute, you know. <laughs> like, and, you know, the value, this being, that was a sense I was getting, I don't know if it's true, but it's like, this being cannot actually not know. You know, they've been valued, they've been told they have to know, and they have to be controlled, you know, so they have to know what's coming. And, uh, and if you remove this, they're going to kind of fall apart a bit and be too lost, you know, and they can't afford that, so they have to know, and they know two days are going to be really smooth now. <laughs> and I just said, wow, wow, it's interesting, because I don't know what's coming, you know, that's in our human nature that's part of the deal is we actually don't know what's coming you know and finding balance is maybe being okay with not knowing and saying like I actually don't know can that be okay can that be okay you know and I thought maybe this person might you know in an hour or two sit down and say why did he say that it's a thought <laughs> and then maybe like open up or maybe in 10 years or maybe 20 and in a way it's not very important huh? because in in the field of mindfulness or in the field of waking up, time doesn't really apply. So when you wake up, you're liberated then, and it's, it's outside of time. It's you're free then, you're free now. And so, uh, and I thought, oh, that's, I, you know, I felt compassion. I think care. Like I, I hope they can f- see through. Oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm the one who's wrong. You know, maybe they they do know what's coming. But I, my sense is, <laughs> in my experience, <laughs> it's never exactly as I thought. You know. Even coming here today with the subway, I thought it was a couple of streets somewhere else than it was. You know, when I came out, I was walking. I thought, oh, this is where I am. I thought I was on the other side of the the, the carry. You know, and I just had a vision. You know, which was only that a vision perception. It was not reality. It was it was an image. You know. There was um, someone else who... uh, Maybe two more stories. Just to highlight what... uh, I don't know, do you find this interesting? I I like that. It's like, to me, it's really about liberation. How you get liberated from a view, from a belief that is hidden, you know, and is not helpful, and can can collapse, you know, like we are... Or cannot, maybe just now, just yet. But, um, so there was... um, one woman who was there, I don't want to make everything gender-based, uh, but this happened to be a woman who was there, so a human being. And they said, um, so when I got here, 
you know, I arrived with the car, and it was gray, and the parking lot was gray, and the building, this, this building where we were, was gray. And around the building there was a uh, gravel, you know, like little rocks, and the rocks were gray. And you know, like as I pulled out of my car with my bag, I just looked around and I was like, my God, this is gray, you know? And so she said, I came in and I started doing your gray practice, you know, where there's not much, we're not dancing, there's no music, you know, like, I'm adding some words to it, you know, but she didn't describe it like this, but there was that sense, you know, that we're just sitting here, there's not much happening, you know, and then we walk, and we just, we don't go for a walk by beautiful nature, we just walk back and forth around the building, you know, back and forth, that's very simple kind of walking, and so I keep doing it, and I'm like, hmm... No, like, I could have done many things with these five days, you know. And I decided to come here to do this great practice. And she said, but I kept doing it, you know, following this instruction to the best of my ability, you know, and it's not much happening. Sit, walk, sit, eat a little bit, sit, walk, sit, walk, go to bed, you know. And she said, suddenly after a couple of days, you know, I'm just walking outside and like gray rocks, gray walls, gray weather, you know. I'm walking back and forth, and at some point I'm just reached the end of my little 15-pace path, you know, and I just stopped to walk around, and she said, suddenly, things opened up. Suddenly I just saw the, the gravel, as if for the first time, and there was actually many grays in there. Mm. It was beautiful the way she was telling the story. She said, it just opened up, like a complete new vision. There was, I can't remember, but she had many names for the gray. She said there was mouse gray, and there was that kind of gray, and there was that kind of gray. And she said, as I looked, I even saw, and she was very touched by that. She said, I saw in the gravel, like kind of in there, um, uh, um, a cork from a champagne bottle. Because this place where we're at that manor is a place that people rent for weddings often during the summertime, probably. And she said, suddenly, like, the, all the grays opened up, and I looked at the wall, and the beautiful gray of the wall, and then I saw the champagne uh, cork. And she said, and since then, tears have been dropping down, and I don't know what they are, because I'm not sad. But I just keep going. And, you know, and there's something that she couldn't name yet, it seemed, that there was something about gratitude, about sensitivity, you know. And she said, it's amazing. Suddenly it's a whole different experience. We still do the same thing. It's still the same environment, but suddenly it's vibrant. And it's touching. And and I was really happy to hear this, because I was saying, this is, this is why you came here. So things can open up for you, because you don't have your preconceived idea anymore. You dropped it. And now you're meeting things with a fresh look. This is mindfulness. Mindfulness has that, it's that kind of attention that is both generous, it's full, it's, it's really, it's curious, but it's also fresh. It experiences things not from a veil of preconceived ideas, as if it had never happened. And I said, this vision that you have now, it's good that there's a lot of silence and a lot of time because you, you want to be impressed by that way of living. Because when you go back home, the people you meet, suddenly they won't be flat. You know, just 
their role or identities or you, what you think of them, they'll be a little bit more alive. You'll be a little bit more curious about them, a little bit more touched by their humanity as you are by the, you know, seeing the cork in the ground. Suddenly you know that this is a place where people come and they feel stuff. You know, they, they are alive. Our humanity is in that gravel, you know. And our stories, human stories, are there, you know. But before you couldn't, because we're used to a certain way of looking at things. And so that's why we come and pay attention. That's why we do this every day. We sit down and we pay attention to get sensitized again by things, to be touched, and to learn how to meet then things with balance. You know, not just sensitivity, because we would be all over the place. <laughs> no, how can I be actually touched by the world, but uh, in a way that I can keep balance? Yeah? But that's, that's what's happening. And so that was uh, one story. Maybe a last one. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of mileage on these. So I'm, I'm, I feel thankful for these beings, for their practice. Um, yeah. Do you often get that where someone says they aren't quite sure why they came? Oh, uh, yeah, during the retreat, yeah, often, especially in the first two days. And if somebody is coming for a first time, there's often a lot of doubt. What am I doing here? You know? They did it. They came. So, so there must be something. Yeah, there is, but they lose sight of it suddenly because, you know, there's families there, you know. And, and it's hard you know, to Yeah, yeah. There's one person who was saying, it's so funny, Pascal, you came here from Quebec, from Montreal, and uh, I've signed up many months ago to do this retreat, you know, and I wanted to meet you and practice this, do this practice, and it was very precious to me that I had five days of retreat, and just before I, I came a few weeks ago, my wife said, so, and she, he, he said she agreed, you know, we talked about this, and I was going to do that, and she had the idea two weeks before coming, she said, I thought, oh, you know, why... While you're going on this retreat, you know, I could fly to Montreal to go see our daughter and our granddaughter, you know, and he said, my heart collapsed, you know. Like, it was a good idea, she had, but I was like, why am I going on retreat? You know, I could be with my granddaughter and my daughter, you know. And so in the first days, he was struggling with this. It was... He was not forced to be there. He had signed up and paid for it, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and after he said, I'm actually really happy I came, you know, and I can go see my granddaughter and my daughter at another time, you know, and this was very precious. It's probably going to have an influence on the, on the way they're going to meet, you know, when they meet, because there's going to be some kind of sensitivity, some kind of care that uh, hopefully is, uh, that's the goal of the practice, yeah. Yeah, so doubt is often there. For a teacher, it's, teacher has to be really grounded when there's a lot of doubt in the room. Sometimes after room, is, you know, you ring the bell and the eyes open and you can see, after the eyes are looking at you, why? Why are we going to go walk back and forth? And why are we going doing this all day? You know? But often it's like this, you know, it's a ritual, it's a rite of passage, so it's, you have doubt, you want to be somewhere else, you don't want to be where you are, you don't want to feel what you feel, and at some point you learn to meet it, and the heart opens, and then you come out of that vision quest, you know, and then you're like, wow, I can go back to the world now, this is why I came, you know, it's not clear during the process.
So last story maybe. So one uh, a young uh, man that came. Yes, yeah, so I was saying I have a, a lot of respect for these people, for their practice and for the gift they give. And of, of course, I'm telling the story from my point of view, from my understanding of what's happening. Maybe they would say, actually, it's not exactly that, but this is how I was touched by what I saw. You know. So there was one young person in the first group, uh, this uh, young man who's um, blessed with, uh, uh, I think was a handsome person, but also very intelligent. And uh, there was a lot of uh, intelligence and, you know, and so in the sharing, this person shared the story and they were intelligent and charming and, and making people laugh and being touching and stuff. And, and I was listening in a, and I could feel I don't have access to this being. There's a veil, you know? Like there's often, the veil is, they're displaying something. You know, they, they feel like their value is in being intelligent and this and that, you know? And, and I don't have... I don't have the authenticity. I don't feel like I'm actually connected. I'm not receiving because there's something that is presented, you know, that is promoted, and it feels for this person. It seems like it feels like they, that their value is in that, you know, and their value for me is somewhere else, you know. But we don't have access to this. So at the end of their sharing, I uh, I made it really. I just said thank you, you know, and I thought maybe there's going to be an echo to my not responding a lot, you know. I just said, thank you for your sharing, and then moved on, you know. And I thought it's going to be like, <laughs> And maybe they'll ask, like, what, what was that? Why, you know? I thought this, my, as a teacher, my little thing I try, you know, is like, oh, I'll try that. I could try something else, but I'll try that just to keep it just like this, and maybe there's going to be a reverberation, you know, like, oh, what did I do? What did I say? You know? So we left it like this. I have no idea. I won't know if it... Uh, you know, if it landed or not. But this person was truly uh, doing the practice and also truly intelligent. So they, <coughs> and so at the next meeting a few days later, so everybody shared, and this person talked last, and they and they said uh, they said uh, it was very beautiful. They said I was listening. I had an idea of something I wanted to share, like a beautiful story. You know. And as I was listening to people, I was like rehearsing my story and adding little bits and pieces from what I was hearing and kind of using your stories. But at some point, I just noticed that actually I was not really listening and I was actually losing by not listening, you know, not hearing what was offered that was very precious. So I actually decided to drop my sharing that was coming and to actually listen and I really enjoyed listening, and I just want to thank you, you know, and didn't proceed that I thought this, there, there probably is a little hook, I don't know, but like, and let me also tell my story, you know, but they were very humble, very, very good work, I thought, and they just said, and thank you for your sharing, and I'm happy that I could actually hear, you know, and that's it, you know, and I thought, wow, beautiful, they dropped they were captured under the spell of an idea that they had to produce something that was both fun and lovely and charming and intelligent and deep and you know and and this was keeping from authenticity from from being there in our humanity you know but then it was totally there because it was recognized and 
and named. And so for me, this is all like what that process of paying attention can lead to, to recognize what are the layers that are too much, too much protection, too much promotion, too much a wrong idea about what's happening. You know, I'm not unworthy. You know, it's that belief. I can keep nurturing that and falling, but it, it doesn't, you know, it's not uh, worthy. It's not, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, eating the energy. You know, it's energivore uh, in French, like uh, energy. Energy feed. Yeah. And so I can actually drop that. And in that, uh, so internally, but also these things that I'm saying are both uh, relational, but also internal, a way to live. You know? And so how do we get to this? And this practice to me is by paying attention to hearing, paying attention to hands touching. And suddenly these things are revealed. You know? And their unhelpful nature is revealed. And also the helpful nature of other uh, tendencies or abilities of the mind are revealed. You know? So when you're actually sitting and suddenly there's just uh, a benevolent presence, we're touched deeply by, oh, this is a good way to live. I don't have to be somebody else. Like, we also are very deeply touched by a simple or more wise way to be here in this moment. And then we can bring that to the next uh, activity or encounter. Or yeah. So how this uh, practice uh, is unfolding. So I hope that in there there's uh, something that... Uh, so it's, so it's uh, how to bring balance, it's how to bring care, how to enter a field where caring is possible, where the heart is alive, where it's actually um, vibrant, huh? like in the story of it's gray, and suddenly like all oh, the grays, they were there all the time, but one didn't have access to vibrancy, you know, so things looked dead, you know, and the same and permanent and fixed or solid, you know? and then it's like, wow, I'm in the same environment, but suddenly it's another experience of it. So in this way, it's dynamic, it's alive. Our vision is also influencing the experience. So maybe we could um, sit a little bit. Uh, we have uh, 15 more minutes, so we could take uh, a good dozen minutes to just let these words land and see what, uh, what arises, what's alive. So one way could be to reflect on, on all this, but uh, meditation itself is not so much to reflect, but to just feel. Feel, experience the moment, just as it is, right now.
try to solve our own patterns or think of them, but just sit here, aware of sitting. aware of our sensitivity. There is tremendous uh, richness in just allowing ourselves to be. To be alive now.
good to notice if we've, we've left uh, you could almost say this realm of existence for a fictitious one and to wake up again to wake up to what's alive here what's truly happening discover what's happening at the sense doors, but also the mood of this being. The quality of the inner landscape. May we be um, able to attend to this life happening here. We'll be able to care for this life in existence now and be liberated from life's past or not.
existing now, fictitious creations of the mind. May we bring care and compassion and joy, appreciation and balance here. Thank you very much for coming. It would have been lonely. <laughs> and uh, thank you also for the dana, both for the center here and for uh, the leader of the pack today. <laughs> Everything's in control. I got it all figured out. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.